to remind you of things that have already been spoken. Um, <sighs> Pastor Gary, uh, he spoke a word back in December 2022. I wanted to share this because it was just reminding about the things that we need to keep fresh in our minds. Uh, and he said, get ready to pass over, says the Lord, from what has been to what shall be. This past year has been preparing you by my word, preparing the church for this passing over, of releasing and letting go, an exodus of that which has been good in me to something greater in me. You're going to know what to do. Keep your eyes fixed on the straightaway, not in anyone else in the race or on any distractions. Boy, is that a good word. <laughs> you have been prepared and ready by my spirit, groomed and trained for the final stretch. Yes, the home stretch, Hebrews 12, 1 says, you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and the protector of your faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured hardship and is now one of the ones cheering you on to win. Fixing your eyes on the finishing line, the prize, on me getting ready for you, your church, and your ministry to pass over into the winner's circle by the broken body and shed blood of Jesus, says the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of grace. And then Pastor Paul had bedrock truths that are still very relevant. <laughs> Let love be the motivation of everything you do. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> Together we make a family. <laughs> Even in your family, you have people you don't like, you got to learn to get along with. <laughs> prefer, <laughs> prefer one another. God can do anything but fail. <laughs> Courage required. It takes courage to do what God has called us to do. And then be determined, passionately advance until the end. And then be strong and trust in the Lord and decree a thing. <clears throat> so you decree the end from the beginning. <laughs> and then the prophetic word by our Reverend Ann Wood in January of 2023 are you ready? Are you ready? I will hold you steady. Are you ready for the journey? There is a journey. I can hear your voice. <laughs> there is a journey ahead, and I've been positioning all of you. The test you have passed through and through, because my son is doing the work in you. The word became flesh and dwelt among you. Yes, even now you are knowing we are here to stay from victory to victory. This is breakthrough day. Look not back. Close that door. I am not there anymore. There is a refreshing. There is breathing of my breath. There is an anointing to dispel and pierce every dark thing because you are my sons, my daughters, and you know it is all about growing up in me bringing you into maturity, profitable for the kingdom. I am writing on your heart as you worship me, and this song can never be erased. 
So live your life in glee through me. You have never been alone. No, not once. You have been perfectly loved by the Father, Son, and I left the Holy Spirit. You are not an orphan, you see. It is the Holy Spirit, your teacher, that flows through you. My Holy Spirit is grafted on your heart. You will have a conscience right from the start. You have been washed, but you must reckon that your flesh, it is dead. Don't resurrect it. (laughs) Keep your eyes on me, the resurrected king, and you shall walk this journey full of glee. With my arms, my strong right arm wrapped around thee. What a good word. <clears throat> when I reread those, I thought they need to be refreshed in our memories. <laughs> now, um, the, the title of my message today is Stand Your Ground. And I was reminded of Second Samuel 23. And actually, uh, it starts in verse 8. It's kind of introduced in verse 8. But um, the verses we're going to look at are 11 and 12. 2 Samuel 23, verses 11 and 12. You got it? Okay. All right. (laughs) um, Verse 8 begins to list the mighty men of David. And then verse 11 and 12 continues and says, And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hererite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop. So I looked up what a troop is. I thought there's got to be a number, specific number. And I could not find anything in the Dake's dictionary, couldn't find anything in Strong's concordance. But I had, I resorted to Googling. <laughs> and so Google said that it could be anywhere from two to a hundred. It said usually a hundred, and then it could be up to a thousand. So it's a number of troops, anyways. And it's military. So a troop involves military. So it says the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. So I thought if the Lord, if the Bible is saying it's a great victory, it was probably close to a thousand people that he probably slew. And Joshua 23.10, and I kind of... um, had it con- confirmed to me, anyways, just through Joshua 23, verse 10, because it's still the old covenant. And it says, One man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord your God. He it is that fights for you as he has promised you. So no matter what the, gr- the number was that Shammah fought, the Lord was with him and he wrought a great victory in it. And then I wanted to check out with Gideon to see Gideon, what he did. Gideon obeyed God's directions in Judges 6 and 7 and took 300 men and showed up for battle against the Midianites and the Amalekites. Judges 7, 12 states, 
and the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. That's a lot. Grasshoppers like for multitude. And their camels were without number as the sand by the sea for the multitude. The army of Israel was armed with a trumpet and a lantern inside a vessel. They did not go to battle with a sword to defend themselves with, or if they did, it was probably in a sheath on their waist, more than likely. But Pastor Gary brought this out. Their hands were busy. They had the lantern and the vessel in the one hand, and then they had their trumpet in the other hand. So there's no way they could take a sword out to try and kill somebody. <laughs> but they had the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God that they <laughs> spoke out. <laughs> because uh, uh, it said, um, yeah, they came out in Judges 7, verse 20, it says, and the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, the spirit of the Lord and Gideon. <clears throat> and they stood every man in his place round about the camp. And all the hosts ran and cried and fled. The enemy turned on each other in the confusion when the battle cry went out. And Gideon led Israel to victory, chasing after those that fled. <clears throat> so it's awesome to know that God will use what we have in our hands when we go to battle. As long as we are depending on him and expecting him to be with us, God is right there. <laughs> and the beautiful thing about God is that he'll use what you have and he'll keep his instructions easy <laughs> so that we can understand them <laughs> and go forward. On September 10th, the devotions that Pastor Paul had sent out reminded us about the 10 lepers. And it was really cool because I was uh, starting to prepare my message on that day. And when I looked at it, the, the end paragraphs of the... Um, of the devotions came out and it said, like the 10 lepers, we have to take God at his word. No matter what we see or feel, we need to believe that we are in possession of the answer and go forward in faith. Remember that the lepers were healed as they went. They had to put action to, to what they believed. We are walking out a walk of faith daily. <laughs> the second devotion on September 10th reminded us that we need uh, that when we believe God, we hear God's word, and then we believe God's word. Then we have to say God's word, and then we have to act on God's word. And we also need to keep our eyes off of the problem <laughs> and on Jesus who is God's word. <clears throat> and um, I find, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I find you two very 
almost addictive. I have to put it, put my phone in another room so that I will not be bothered with it because I want to know what's going on because things are just changing in this world so fast. And I want to, to know how to direct my prayers. <laughs> but it's, it's like you're trying to balance not being drawn to it to look at the problems and start grumbling and complaining. <laughs> And to use it to pray over it. <laughs> Paul's laughing at me. Because <laughs> he, he, he's constantly <laughs> correcting me. <laughs> Boy. And he, he does not like to join in to sin. <laughs> which really bums me out <laughs> sometimes. Because <laughs> I, I know the Holy Spirit's telling me, Put that away. <laughs> look. And so it's a battle of the flesh I am working with. <laughs> I'm confessing to you because it's going to be easier <laughs> to do it at home. <laughs> yes. Our world feels like it has been shaken and darkness is trying to engulf it. And God has the answer in his word to this foolishness, we need to keep our eyes on his word and keep speaking his word. You know, the answer to the mess is God's message. <laughs> Coming through our mouths, we can speak the answer. So let's answer the problems with God's word and correct it, you know. And then I want to remind everybody what God says, because it reminds me of what God says. Isaiah 5, verse 20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We are living in this world, however, we are not of this world, and we need to keep that line drawn. Jeremiah 1, 5 to 8 says, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for you shall go to all that I shall send you. And whatsoever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. All of heaven will back us when we obey his word to us. And then God also says, Joshua 1, verse 7 to 9, Only be strong and very courageous. See, he's, in, he's equipped us for this battle that we're in. Like, the, no matter what the darkness, God's grace and his glory is going to shine through us. <laughs> he says, Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. 
for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, which means discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then in Isaiah 54, verse 17. Isaiah 54, verse 17. Says, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. And for the battle, God's also given us Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 19. Ephesians 6, 10 to 19. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, so you are not alone in the battle. Jesus and God's Holy Spirit is with you. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And there's that word stand again, that we need to stand our ground. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, which means know the word and promises of God. And having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That's a very important verse right there, verse 19, that we need to pray over ourselves to have boldness. Glory to God. And then God also says in Luke 18, verses 27 to 30. So that's Luke 18, 27 to 30. And he, Jesus, said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Then Peter said, Look, we've left all and followed you. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. 
we need to remind ourselves of these promises of God. The battle is the Lord's. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 17, 2 Chronicles 20, 17, it says, You shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, and you could insert your own name there, fear not, nor be dismayed or discouraged. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord be with you. That's the biggest thing with Christians, is that God tells us to face the enemy, to go out and face those fears head on. We don't have to fight them. God will fight them for us, but we need to show up for the battle. 1 John 5, 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And then 1 John 5, 13 to 15, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given to him. There's nothing worse than going out to battle. <laughs> if you know there's going to be a confrontation, confrontation or anything, and, and you don't know what you're going to say, so you're praying in tongues, and, and it's just reassuring to know that you can ask God for wisdom to fill your mouth with whatever answers you need to say at the time and that he'll be there for you and he'll back you up. You know, James 4 verses 7 to 10 is reassuring again. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. That's James 4, 7 to 10. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. So you submit first, and then you resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hearts, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So be willing to, to get off your high horse and just submit yourself to God, and he will walk you through the problem. James 5, 14 to 16, when we're facing sickness, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another 
that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And it's just very reassuring that, you know, that when you're facing problems with health, that you can go to other Christians and ask for prayer, agreement and prayer, and that that victory is going to be yours. You know, uh, you're not in that battle alone. People will be there interceding on your behalf. And Jude 20, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So when we, if we can't even um, think, sometimes if you're you're fighting flu symptoms or whatever, or you're groggy from drugs and that, uh, if you've had to take medication, your brain, your mind's just not quite there <laughs> to comprehend what you're trying to read. You know, it's good to know that you can pray in the Holy Spirit and just uh, uh, thank God that He's there with you and that He'll lull you off to sleep so you can get some rest for your body. And then there's verses for deliverance from addictions and ailments and habits. Ephesians 6.12 reminds us about that. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, It's important to pray For other people, if you know that they're struggling with addictions or anything like that or problems in their lives, uh, if there's conflict and strife in their home and that, that you can hold those people up in prayer. You know, um, Revelations 12, 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So we can be there for uh, fellow Christians to help them out so that they can obtain victory in their lives too. Because sometimes when you're going through the battle, you can become battle weary. But it's nice to have people come on either side of you and hold your arms up in prayer. And then when you're praying for your children, because sometimes when they grow up... (laughs) You wonder, who is this child? (laughs) This is not the child that I know. (laughs) Where is she? Where is he? (laughs) So Isaiah 54, 13 to 17, these are great scriptures to to pray over children and to remember uh, that um, God has your children covered. Isaiah 54, Verses 13 to 17 says, And all your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness shall you be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against you shall fall for your sake. That's pretty amazing that God says, for your sake, those enemies against your kids are going to fall. They do not have a chance of overtaking your children. 
Behold, I have created the smith that blows the coals in the fire and that brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Glory to God, when you've got God the Father backing you up, <laughs> your, ki- your kids are going to fall into line no matter what. They don't have a choice. <laughs> They've been raised from the time that they could uh, walk. <laughs> so they're, they're going to come into line. We just have to have faith to, not to look at the present circumstances. Matthew 18, 5 and 6, Jesus was speaking. And... Uh, Glory to God, with what's going on in the school systems, Jesus said in Matthew 18, 5 and 6, and whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receives me, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hung about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. So God does not take it lightly when they try to turn the children steer, turn them away from God. So we just need to keep praying and to do our part, you know, show up for our children, be there when they come to us with questions and stuff and, and uh, protect them. We are there called to protect them, even if... We're empty nesters now, but the, we've got neighborhood children there. I'm going to make sure that if I see that they are getting in danger, if there's a dog approaching or something, I'm going to make sure that I protect that child or if the car's coming and they're in the road. And then when we need safety, God's given us Psalm 91 and a whole lot of other scriptures. And then for forgiveness, when we need forgiveness or we need to forgive others. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So every single problem that we have in life, whether it's getting our needs met or no matter what it is, God has an answer for it in his word. We need to search it out for ourselves, speak it out, and then thank God that it is done. The famous words in the Bible is, and it came to pass. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.